You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is up, Steeler Nation? JY here with Michael Nicastro, and we are very excited to bring you another episode of the sick podcast, Steeler Crazy. Yes, I am in my car because no matter what, we're going to bring you the best Steeler coverage this side of the Allegheny. We have a very special guest who I don't want to give away just yet. We're going to be breaking down all things Steelers. So, Sammy, run that thing and let's get to it. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Steelers Crazy. Harris Smith shields, Flacco, Polamalu takes it home, Super Bowl 43, Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, sports entertainment like no other, it's gonna be sick. All right, this guy's got a resume like a CVS receipt, man. Everything from K to K, of course, in the early days. NFL.com is a writer on the man show, which hits my heart because I used to sneak down to watch girls jumping on trampolines at like the age of 12 years old. Uh, So if my parents are are watching this, I apologize. He's now got the Minus 3 podcast via Omaha Productions at ESPN. Talks gambling with Cousin Sal, extra points, and don't call it a comeback with Ryan Shazier. It is none other than the great Dave Downshack. Dave! Yeah, what's up, Jens? Jens here what's about up, man? Robinson, dudes. <laughs> I mentioned all the important accolades, but uh, I think most people probably are aware that you are a Yinzer, and that is the, that's the number one thing on the, on the list for our, for our watchers, of course, Dave. That's right. Well, I mean, as I go through... Um, the you know, travel the big blue marble, the red, white, and blue. You know, still, when you cut me, uh, cut the veins, black and gold is what you'll see. So, yeah, I'm with you. We're talking a little bit off air, talking about some tans that mm. we love to pronounce in Pittsburghese. Mm-hmm. Brought up some great ones. I won't cover them because I don't want to spoil it or steal your thunder. Uh, we're from New Kensington, which isn't as fun. I guess Lower Burrow's right next to us, which which sounds pretty Lower good. In a, it, yeah, Lower Burrow. It becomes like a, a half of a word. But Knock. yeah, Don't yeah, Knock's Arnold. a good one. Plum doesn't really uh, fit. Plum, though, you know, we, plum we can do four has letters. A, it's funny though that you can take uh, the monosyllabic plum, and somehow you can hear that the person saying it is from Pittsburgh. Plum, plum. It's like an a h in there. P l a h m. That's right. Turtle Creek. That's why I thought I'm, I'm from over by uh, Wilkinsburg. You know, a little short of Monroeville there. You know, you go down 
Turtle, you go all the way down Churchill Road, then uh, all the way to the bottom to Turtle Creek, then you take the right, then you make a left, then you take a right, whatever, and then all of a sudden you're in Wilmerding. When you get over to them, uh, them parts, uh, stop by Johnny's, best pork chops you'll ever have. Really, legit. That if, if I can tell you nothing else today, go to Johnny's, get the pork chops with the cherry peppers. Next stop, Cloud Nine. When you return to planet Earth, drop me a line and thank me then. Man, make a full trip out of it. Hit Kennywood on the way, man. Check out everything you can if you're a Pittsburgher or somebody coming in from out of town. There you go. Shout out Wilmerding. My, one of my first jobs at Wilmerding YMCA. Great people uh, in that town. True Pittsburghers, no doubt about it. All right. Because we have a true Pittsburgher on, obviously we want to jump right into the Steeler talk. Talk about what's relevant over here, Dave. Yesterday, Steelers trade for former Rams receiver Allen Robinson. You gave out three words. Those were ooh, la, la. Why? Well, because of the price tag, which is, um, you know, very, very slender. I mean, $5 million ultimately. And, you know, it would be one thing if this was, if if the Steelers were looking at this as a save the day, number one receiver type of roll of the dice. It is not. In fact, it is. Allen Robinson is their number three receiver if it works out, but the price tag is so low that um, it really is, like I say, a, a crapshoot in a good way. Um, it would be great if it worked out. It's not the end of the world if it does not. I don't think it precludes them from drafting a receiver at any spot, almost literally. I would be surprised if they did it at 17 at this point. But really, beyond that, if they like their – they're set up at this point. Con and company have um, have really so thoroughly hit all the issues that would seem to exist on that Steelers roster at the end of the 2022 season that now they are set up to go BPA. Um, and I think that, you know, if, if it breaks right and the receiver that they like is there at 32, I wouldn't be stunned to see them do something there at 49 or, 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 you know, deeper into the draft. But, you know, if it does work out, Obviously, we've seen what Allen Robinson is capable of. So, I mean, just imagine the, uh, you know, where all of a sudden number eight there is lousy with options to throw the ball to um, because I think, you know, the the cynicism, I consider it to be vapid cynicism on the part of Steelers fans who, first of all, the the, the thought that they're going to now be able to trade away Deontay Johnson is silly and the disdain that people seem to have for, Number 18 is also a little bit silly in my book, but George Pickens, you expect to elevate um, Fryermuth. And then I think kind of the wild card that we've collectively forgotten about or haven't really leaned into is what Connor Hayward did in the back half of the season and making some big catches. He figures to be a bigger factor this year too. So I think that the offense is, is looking pretty good. And now you throw in Allen Robinson as a, as a, another wild card who could emerge. Um, you know, it, it, these are exciting days, I think, you know, listen, I'm over my skis. I know that we as Steelers fans are accustomed to autumn. And so it's a, maybe it's a little uncomfortable for those of us, uh, used to, uh, drafting deep in the late in the first round here. But, um, I, I, I really do feel like these Steelers have kind of won the free agency 
um, battle here or, or among the winners so far in, in pro football? Where do you guys come down? I love what Weidel did in loading up. I figured they would really load up at the line of scrimmage on both sides, and so they have. Um, so, listen, I, I just got rambling there because I'm so excited uh, about what's five months. You already answered. You already answered to the questions that I had for you. My first one, does the Robinson signing mean that the Steelers won't draft the wide receiver? Because there's a lot of Jordan Addison fans. Um, I guess I should say stands uh, in Yinzerland, and and they were kind of upset. We we dropped an episode yesterday, and it kind of put that to rest. But you just you just brought it back up. Um, personally, I think that uh, the Kenny Pick and Addison, I, I get the connection, but I just feel like that we're we're we have so much depth at wide receiver. So I just I personally don't see it happening, especially after the Robinson. Now I know like there's guys like Parker Washington and a lot of uh, the Michigan State wide receiver. Um, that the Steelers have their eye on, but I just see that in the later rounds. I still think at 32, um, you know, it's still up in the air. Um, I would love to get Peter Skaronsky. Um, I think that he's a top 10 pick. I, I, I love I love guys like that. I met him at the Combine. He had Pittsburgh Steeler written all over him. Unfortunately, someone like him, man, I, I think he's going to be gone with the first 10 picks. And then my other question for you was about, you know, Deontay Johnson being traded. Um, I, I don't personally really think that if you just want to touch a little bit more on that, like, because, you know, people like in the NFL world love the, love the rumors. And, and at the end of the day, you know, they're all just rumors. Um, I mean, I do, uh, by the way, if they trade it up as the rumors go, and by the way, forgive the cynicism, but I don't buy Peter King or anyone else hearing in, when do you ever hear the Steelers leaking? You, you just never hear it. So, so give, uh, put me on the side of skeptical about any rumors about Jalen Carter or anybody else. They might go up to try and get there. I like the ability to add two players of quality, presumably at 17 and 32 versus moving up unless they absolutely love, but like the vast majority of human beings, I have no ability to divine what 300 pound guy leans up good on other 300 pound men. I think that, <laughs> the pretension of like pretending as though I know that Paris Johnson's going to be a dom. I don't know. I go off the word of, uh, of experts and I hear Jan Skaronsky fitting the bill though. I mean, I mean, all you have to hear is the surname Skaronsky. Perfect, yeah. perfect for, for us. But then again, so would Creed Humphrey have been great there. Um, listen, I like the, the idea of Jordan Addison is the same as spiritually to me as and and call me Pollyanna or, or you know fanboy or whatever else you want to say guilty as charged because I think it is cool and I think we tie ourselves into knots certainly at the fan level um, with this idea of like dude I don't care if we win I, I don't care who's on the team just as long as we win well it should matter who's on the team and therefore a year ago when the Steelers saw the pit kid who turned that program around sitting there and people were saying like, I don't know about Kenny Pickett spiritually as the Pittsburgh Steelers, you must draft the pit kid for the potential upside of what that would mean. If the Pittsburgh Steelers make a deep playoff run, if they go to a Super Bowl, it is going to be great under any circumstance. If it's with the pit kid, it's 10 times cooler. If Kenny Pickett can do it with Jordan Addison again, even cooler. There is something great about that. And I think that it's somehow hip or whatever to be like, I don't, I don't care about the, about those narratives. I do. 
I, I, you yeah. know, the, to, you know, as far as it applies to our other teams, the Pittsburgh Penguins, this thing that they did, they should have moved on from Gino Malkin and Chris Letang and all that fat and double fat. It would be one thing if they had never won anything and we wanted to part ways with that in Pittsburgh, it is worth honoring the deeds of the past. Those three cups are real. So I support fully spiritually and beyond the idea of retaining those guys and running that spe- this special era out as far as it goes, good or bad, and hopefully good. So as that applies to the Steelers, again, same thing. Love the picket pick. If Jordan Addison happens to fall to the Steelers, love the idea of that. I, I mean, I, I, I'm all about that. You know, that those old pit teams, I'm older than you guys, but those old pit teams are special um, in part because of the likes of Dan Marino, who you know walked down the street from Central Catholic into into uh, the yeah. cathedral learning. That's cool. It makes it it makes it that much more special in my book. We're hanging out with Dave Danishek here on the Sick Podcast. He was crazy. He's taking us to church right now. Uh, the one up in Penn Hills, right off of Rhode Island Road. That's one that uh, I uh, I was at a couple times when uh, when I was working in Penn Hills. Anyway, we're gonna throw out as many Pittsburgh references as we can, of course. Dave, I want to bring up something that you talked about on your podcast a little bit. Very intrigued to get a little more context on this. Apologize that I did not listen to the entirety of the podcast. So I'll come out and I'll just say it. I'll be that guy. I'm not going to be one of those guys. you know. I like, do a lot of them, man. Hey, you I'm know? grinding. I'm out here grinding all day, talking into a microphone about <laughs> sports. How dare you? It's only made the Yinzer accent that much better. You said combines and pro days do not matter. Hyperbole, exaggerated. What was that about? Well, it was Greg McElroy who said that. So it was I Greg. I, I can't wear it entirely. Um, and, uh, you know, McElroy knows his stuff, obviously. Those coming Bama out of guys. Bama and, you know, was that, uh, you know, he was the number three in the New York Jets locker room mess when they brought Tim Tebow in to challenge Mark Sanchez. Yeah. As a reminder, not everybody, you know, iron, uh, iron sharpens iron. Not always. Sometimes it exposes the the lack of iron, and we saw what happened to Mark Sanchez when challenged by by Tim Tebow there. But anyway, yeah, I think McElroy and I park our cars in the same garage. I it's weird that people have such strong opinions about who's going to be good in the NFL without ever having watched them play in college, and that's basically what I was bringing up to Greg that there's so many experts on who this guy this deaf guy's definitely going to make in the you don't even watch college uh, tape. I mean, how how would you have any insight on how good this guy's going to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, to, to me, the, the evidence is all there for you now, of course, power five sec guys versus trying to like a, a guy who went to Wyoming or otherwise, um, you know, how you, how your eyes, um, absorb that information is I suppose subjective to some degree, but we're going off of the cone drill to determine whether or not this is the guy for you. I mean, it, it, it's foolishness, you know, and really ultimately what the, the conversation that McElroy and I were having is it's, it's interesting to me that what you ultimately can't, that, that there is no measurement for as much as uh, the Wonderlick attempted to do that um, is you can't really tell if the guy you know, the, the, the common thread with Peyton and Brady and Breeze is that they hit the books real hard. 
and that they could step to the line of scrimmage pre-snap and say, like, well, that's where the ball should go right here and have the physical ability to make that quick decision as soon as the ball is in his hands. Um, though, that, that, those are traits that you just can't figure out with a 40 time or with the, with the combine throwing drills and all that kind of stuff. And so then it takes me back to you're, you, you should just watch the college tape. Um, and because that's way better evidence than anything you're going to learn with the guys running around in their shorts and, uh, and their little numbers on their Jersey there with their, with their peer group at the combine. And by the way, it is combined. A combine is a piece of farming equipment that separates the wheat from the chaff. And a combine is a gathering with a single purpose in mind, which seems to describe better what happens at the combine. It's the combine. Look at you leaking, leaking this huge developing story on our show. I don't think anybody has ever gotten that right in the history of the NFL combine. The combine. Uh, Thank you. Do it right. Going forward. Yeah. Going one one for one moving forward. From here on out. The combine. Well, I can't wait to see it. The combine next year. Listen, you you hit a nail on the head there for me as well. I think there's nothing more I get a kick out of than when we are in awe of these 6'6 quarterbacks dropping dimes with no defenders on the field uh, in shorts, right? Like, I'm 5'9 and a half. I was a decent baseball player. If you put me out there on a field in shorts with a football, they're going to be like, this kid is pretty damn accurate. He's got a good arm. And, you know, I couldn't I couldn't play high school football to save my damn life. But it speaks to the Malik Willis's of the world. And I think of Kyle Bowler on his knees throwing through a damn upright uh, 15 years ago. And people are like, oh, my God, uh, he didn't do that much in the NFL. I think it's fair to say. All right, Dave, a couple more things before we get you out of here. I knew you were talking Kenny Pickett recently. People love to hear anytime we bring up, you said it, the Pittsburgh kid, the grade eight, uh, naturally, of course, so over here. You talked about where he would rank in this QB class. For anybody that didn't get a chance to hear that, where would he rank? Well, McElroy is the latest uh, skeptic of number eight. And not that he is a flop of a guy, but does he I, – I guess that if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, does he have the physical skill set of Patrick Mahomes? Obviously not Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. Um, no, no. And no, but I guess it goes back to, you know, what we're kind of talking about. And this is glass half full thinking. I liked what eight did in the second half of the season. I thought the nails um, plays he made in huge spots matter. And the people who kind of want to undo that, you know, it's one thing during the season last year to to be debating like, dude, uh, and there are a lot of people in social media and beyond who who would say like, dude, you're just off on this one. Like it would be better long-term if the Steelers just tanked that and they just, and they got like a top five pick or whatever. They might need to replace Kenny Pickett. I don't know if he's the real deal. Um, And maybe if they would have tanked out, even with Pickett going into year two, it would have been, they would have been better off because they could get Skaronsky or, or, or otherwise there. But of course, then you're if you remove the evidence, the positive evidence that we got in specifically, just boil it all down to against the Raiders in the last on the last drive, the last drive against the Ravens, and then what he did in the second half against the Browns. That's all positive information that you now lean into and understand that for the short term, meaning the next two years or so, three years, that Kenny Pickett is the guy, and that's who you build around. Um, and you know, as far as those physical traits and whether or not he's the real deal, you know, 
the the QB evaluation in the draft and beyond is keep in mind at all times, no matter what expert you're listening to out there, and there are some better than others, obviously, like in any other trade in the world, but the best are right 60% of the time. They, you know, that literally, I mean, the good GMs, forget about the talking heads on TV, the best GMs, uh, war rooms and beyond, hit it about like a 59% hit rate with guys that make it, you know, depending on how you want to measure that in the NFL. And the three best QBs of the Super Bowl era are Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and Patrick Mahomes. The first one we know, famously, the six-round pick. No one saw him coming. Joe Montana, no one saw coming either, really, relatively speaking. It was a flyer. You're talking about a third-round pick. It ends up before Tom Brady. It's the best to ever do it. And then Patrick Mahomes went, at minimum, went behind Mitchell Trubisky. So that was a swing and a miss by most of the teams out there. Obviously, if you had a redo, all the teams in front of the Chiefs that year would would have preferred to have Patrick Mahomes right now. So the whether people like the traits of Kenny Pickett, what they're seeing so far, the bottom line is the evidence that speaks to me the most is what he did in the back half of the season. And like I say, in those big spots, the, the nails performance – um, performance is that now you can build around. And I do think that they are set up the sweet spot, even for the, the big name QBs I just named. This is true of Ben Roethlisberger. It's true of Russell Wilson. It's true of pretty much any QB in the free agency era. The sweet spot, when you have the real deal at QB, the guy who you believe is the answer for your team is when he's on his rookie deal and you can flesh out the roster around him because of the, um, different level of loot that you have to spend on those other positions that you're not spending the 40 million, the 55 million on your QB on. Mm-hmm. The Steelers are in a really, a really exciting spot uh, as far as I'm concerned for these next three or four years. And it, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Go go look around all the sports books. Uh, ch- check out all the price. Uh, what, what you can get. Eight and a half is their win loss total for this year. They are going to blow by that. They are certainly going to hit double digits. And I'm going to get over my skis here. I'm going to guarantee you now at least 11 wins for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2023. I, I feel real good about the notion that if you surround a starting quarterback in pro football with a good offensive line, give him an extra half a beat to make his decision with the playmakers he now has around him, they are loaded up. The defense, we already know, is the unit of strength. I think if they can, you know, as as it stands right now, I you know, I assume that they're going to add some speed, some some youth in the secondary. But as it stands right now, I really like the 2023 Steelers to win double digit games, and that's the bare minimum. We are not gonna let you end up on freezing cold takes. You talked, you talked about it, you know, 60% is a great freaking hit rate. You find me somebody out there who's made every perfect prediction, right? It's like finding a Pittsburgher who isn't angry at gas prices right now or something like that, Dave. It's not, it's not realistic. It's not out there. So I, I love that uh, energy. No question about it. Okay. Last thing, you're, you're a gambling man. Like you just said, we talked about extra points with Cousin Sal. You gave out an over-under win total. Say there's a prop bet at 17. I'm sure there is somewhere, right? 
just give me a couple names. Where, where's your, where are you at? Where's, who's plus 125? Who's plus, where are you at? Well, for all the smoke screens and everything else, I think if you kind of look at and going back to, I feel like Khan has done such a thorough job of addressing all the um, apparent needs that they can really go best player available. Personally, though, I hope that best player available is a cornerback because I do think of all the, you know, talk about cynicism from the Yinzers and everything else and the pretentious opinions about uh, Dan Moore and Chooks. Um, I think those guys, it's, it, that is a, you know, people say position of strength, literally Dan Moore will get stronger at his age. He is going to get physically stronger. Um, I, I don't think he, to, to my untrained eye, non O-line expert eyes, um, Dan Moore is fine. And Chooks is fine. And the interior of the off- offensive line is now loaded up. I would love if they could get either Michael Mayer from, um, from Notre Dame at 17. And put two tight ends on the field um, standardly on first down and beyond. Or Darnell Washington out of Georgia at 32 would make some sense there. I mean, I think you can really wreck with two tight ends. And George Pitt, if you're, I mean, if, if the premise is, that you would then have to single up on the outside with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And then you have two tight ends working the seams and then Najee behind you. It it really does feel like a pick your poison kind of situation for the defense there. There's going to be somebody free. And by the way, uh, JY back to your point about Deontay Johnson, why do I like him so much? Dude, he didn't get no touchdowns last year, the whole year. He didn't get one touchdown. And and he does, you know, listen, the, what was that now? Two years ago, three years ago, where he had that that ugly um, football equivalent of Steve yeah. Sack syndrome, where he just was dropping footballs. It was like, what? What, what in the hell, man? Um, but that's that's largely behind him now. And the bottom line is, he is a separator, unlike just about anybody. I mean, there's a very short list of pass catchers in the NFL that consistently can separate from defensive backs and be wide open when you need that. That's very useful. People talk about security blankets yeah. for your QB and all of that. What, what's better than a guy who you know dependably every down is going to be open if you need him to be? That's what 18 provides to a young QB. Um, so I would, love, I would love one of those tight ends. I don't think that's the way it's going to end up going, though. I predict it's a cornerback. I think it's if Joey Porter falls there. Um, I, I like it. And back to what we were talking about spiritually, I'm not a, I'm a Penn state hater as a matter of fact, but again, you know, the, same the, here, the deeper we can sink these roots about that. It's all things Pittsburgh, you know, it's, it's almost playing by a different set yeah. of rules and I'm okay with that. You know, then the Belichick approach, like it's become sort of this, this um, robotic, um, assessment, the, like a math equation that Belichick has set up of like these teams that the Patriots are the, you know, they're, they're the dynasty, obviously, of the 21st century and to be admired and all of that. But there's something robotic in the approach. I find it, of course, if you're a Patriots fan, you, you love all the Lombardis in, in the house now. But the, the whole do your job, do what I tell you. Don't try to do anything so, like that. That whole I, and we're a chameleon, and we can play it any different way. I love the idea that the Pittsburgh Steelers have an identity, and I love leaning into that identity. 
and this like whatever will get the job done mercenary kind of a thing do you think the people in tampa bay are going to 20 years from now think back on the special days when that mercenary from foxborough moved down and got the <laughs> Lombardi trophy it's soulless and by the way same goes for the la rams this this i i get it if you've been out in the desert without a title if you're if you're so if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan and you've never seen your team win a title, okay, bring the arch villain Brett Favre from Green Bay into our house and let's cheer for him. We ain't that. We're the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have a, a, an unmatched history in pro football. We have the luxury of doing things like saying, you know what? Yeah, that guy. I don't know about that guy. I don't, but oh, he's from Pittsburgh. That guy's a part of the vibe of Western Pennsylvania. I don't care if people think it's cheesy. I don't think if people call me fanboy. I think it's the best way to operate. I'm all about it. So if they wind up with another guy with roots back to Pittsburgh, all the better in my book. It'll make it that much sweeter if they can once again reach the top of the pro football mountain. Talking about an identity, a culture. The Pirates going to win the World Series, Dave? Oh, Come on, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. How many? Not one. Not two, not three. You got LeBron on us? Just keep me warm. Just keep me warm till August. Please give me something to look at. The pens have failed me. Give me something to distract me a little bit here. We got the draft now. And uh, and, and just uh, – here's the deal, Buckos. Get me through the month of uh, – get me, get, me get me the July 4th. You know, nice. keep me interested. And then whatever, you can fall apart. And, and and so then I'll be close enough to football season where I can turn the page there. But I do legitimately hard not to get a little excited about the about yeah. the youngsters. And then you start thinking about like, boy, imagine if they, you know, O'Neill Cruz, what if he was in there? And then you start thinking about like, man, okay, the hedge is good. What what if you had a catcher with a little slug in there? And Henry Davis is on the way. I mean, there's, a, it, it, there's cause for optimism there too. And by yeah. the way, what one more little bit of counsel here for Jaded, jaded Pittsburgh sports fans. I understand. The Nutting family sucks it. They are not trying. They don't deserve our money. It is obviously a transactional relationship that they have with us. Shame the devil. I would much rather Pittsburgher Mark Cuban own this team and apply yeah. passion to, to the process here. But that's not where we are, and I get it. And it would be easy to say, well, I'm not going to pay attention to the Buckos until the Nutting family is gone. Instead... You know what? One of the very few things, as a matter of fact, no matter how down in the dumps I get about the Steelers at any given point, I always, I always uh, try to counsel people and say, remember, it could always be worse. And your point of reference is the other side of the Ohio Pennsylvania border. I mean, you could be a Browns fan. You could be yeah. a Bungos fan. Would you rather be that? Would you rather be an Ohio football fan than a Pittsburgh football fan? No. Same thing goes here. Um, with the Buckos, you need to reference Cleveland, Ohio. Look at the movie Major League. Remember the remember, remember one the of my plot? favorite movies. You remember the plot? the 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 owner lady wanted them to do badly so she could make money off of the team. Remember yeah. that? And then they decided in the clubhouse, screw her. Same thing. We're gonna win. Instead of her face, instead of her face on that thing. Remember, they would take the clothes off her. Do that with Bob Nutting. Just re just replace her <laughs> with Bob Nutting. Like you're sticking it to the man every time the Buckos win. This isn't what the Nuttings want here. This is going to compel them to spend money or whatever. 
to their chagrin, the Buckos are, are compelling right now. That's what you're rooting for. You're not rooting for the nuttings. You're rooting for the Buckos. Yeah. Dave, you said get them through July 4th. How about get them through July 8th? Because that's when my bachelor party is in Arizona watching the Buckos take on the Diamondbacks. He'll be there. Yeah. You're invited. Get on out there to Scottsdale. Uh, we'll, we'll send some icy light mangoes out there or something too, man. Hey, listen, it's been an awesome time. Tell everybody where Thank they can you. hear you if you have 30 minutes. Well, yeah, you already did. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we got uh, minus three, chopping it up for you every week, uh, a couple of times a week, extra points with Cousin Sal, like you say, and uh, and don't call it a comeback with our guy, number 50, Ryan Shazier. Um, all three really fun times, and uh, appreciate you checking it out. But this was a great time as well, and okay, I'll see you in the pool on January 8th. I'll be out You're- there in the, out in right field there. You're damn right. Bring your sunscreen. We'll be cooking up burgers right after the 4th of July. Over Maybe here, Sawinski. Get us one day. Sawinski, hit in the pool, Yins. <laughs> Tell you what, it's been a good show. We left no meat on the bone, unlike Johnny's pork chops. Check there them you out. Go. Right there in Wilmer Ding Johnny's. Dave, pleasure, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dave. That was any time. Jordan, you joined from yeah. your car. It means it was meaningful. It was a must-win yeah. episode. I know Dave at the Super Bowl. Do you remember the clip of him asking uh, asking all the uh, coaches and players, do you think this is a must-win? <laughs> I think for us, that was a, a must-win episode, and we capitalized. Oh, man. Like like you said, man, I grew up watching the man show and uh, just all everything that he's been invo- involved in over the years, just to have him on the podcast and just a true yinzer. Um, yeah, man, it, it's just awesome. Uh you know, only on the Steelers crazy sick podcast is where you're going to find this type of content. No so. doubt, man. Hey, quick preview what we got coming up. We have some really, really amazing things. Jordan, why don't you tell them about some of the draft things we have coming up while I get ready to tell them about Manscaped? Yeah, so we're, we're going to be doing a draft frenzy. We're working on uh, we don't want to give any away yet, but we have uh, some some draft pits, maybe even some fringe first rounders coming on um, and, and a few local guys that that are going to make a splash uh, next Thursday. So we're going to be doing that over at Steelers Crazy. And then we also want to talk about our favorite thing in the world, and that is Manscaped. We had a ball on today's show. Of course, we are clamoring for you guys to you know keep it tight summer's getting here chafing sweaty all kind of things going on uh right now with fourth july's around the corner you want to feel good in the pool not leave any hairs laying around you know what i'm saying support for the sick podcast dealers crazy is brought to you by manscaped they are the best in men's below the waist grooming item you could possibly get their products precision engineered tools for your family jewels the performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Just look at us below. Seven million men. We got to change that graphic. I think after this podcast, it's like 10 million men now worldwide. Trust Manscaped. But here's the important thing, right? You, you heard all that. You digested it. You said Use the code. One. Don't get one without using our code. Six Steelers, 20% off. Your wife will thank you. Your girlfriend will thank you. Your fiance will thank you. And if you're single and on the market, listen, you're going to thank yourself, man. You got to, you got to first all love yourself. And and there's nothing more than loving yourself like Manscaped. You look down there, it's fresh and clean. The lawn is taken care of. And then you hit the bars, you hit the, you know, the casino. Ladies love it. You'll feel fresh. The confidence will be there. Manscaped, it's a win on and off the field and in the bedroom. 
you hit downtown Pittsburgh whenever you're home and make sure you, uh, you know, like I said, if you're going in the pool, make sure you shower if you use Manscaped. Oh, man. Oh, all right, Jordan. Thanks for jumping on. Glad we could get this guys out this show out to you guys on a Thursday. It's been a lot of fun. So much good to come, of course, still on the Sick Podcast Steelers Crazy. Subscribe below. Follow us on Twitter at Sick Pod Steelers. I'm at Mike Dub Sports One. That's at J York Football. Football. I'm going to get that right. It was a party on Fifth Ave today, a Pittsburgh party. Four one two seven two four. Steelers run the AFC North. The draft is coming. A lot of exciting stuff. So make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, as well as here on YouTube. And we will see you next week. For the Steelers Crazy Podcast, this is JY and Michael Nicastro. We'll see you. Stay crazy. Sammy. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.